Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. I'm Jason Evans, and here in Kyle's beautiful office is the one and only Kyle Lee. Kyle, how are you, sir? Great. Wow, that was... Woo! Man, you are great. I clipped. I just clipped the mic. I'm so excited and ready. Yeah. Monday morning. It is the best time to record a podcast is on a Monday morning while the sun is still coming up. The air conditioning, though, is working really well in my office. Yeah, it is great. Um, Which I came in the other day and it was a thousand degrees. Oh. And so, So count your blessings, man. Did you get it repaired or is it just now? Uh, No, I think it just does its own thing whenever we uh, operate by the graces of our air conditioning. Yeah, well... Well, at least it's cool now. So that's a, that's always a good sign. Hope you guys are staying, staying cool here in the, the hot summer months here in Oklahoma. It is muggy. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm done with summer. Yeah, it's always, it's probably about this time of year, every time we're just like, let's, let's just slide on into fall. Let's get some cool, cool weather. Yeah, we're, we're still like, we're solid two months away from yeah. any type of fall weather. Yeah, that's very true. What's your like prime weather? Like on a three o'clock in the afternoon, what do you want it to feel like? Uh, if I had to choose one that's like most consistent, I would say like 60 degrees yeah. and raining. That's nice. Like I don't, I, I enjoy a nice sunny day when it's like 80 degrees out. Yeah. But if I had to pick something that it was going to be every single day raining for sure that's good i and especially 60 degrees and kind of a cool 60 oh yeah you can wear jacket no jacket long sleeve short i was gonna say 55 but i knew i'd get lots of pushback on the 55 degrees a lot of people would think that's too too chilly but i i I don't think so i'm a jacket guy yeah me too uh like a good just like hoodie or something just comfortable yeah like when i go to the the grocery store in the middle of the summer and I see like some of the workers that work in the back they've got their hoodies on mm-hmm. like man it's the life right jealous yeah like they get to wear a hoodie to work in the summertime yep it is it is the life uh well we hope that you're enduring the the hot summer or maybe you're somewhere in the world where it is currently cool or rainy or something like that so if so let us know we uh, might just come out and visit you and and record a podcast there as long as we can wear hoodies I just have to buy a hoodie first. Yeah, yeah. You probably probably need to do that. Hmm. I have a zip-up hoodie. Do zip-up like, hoodies Yeah, zip-up hoodies work. Yeah. Really? I think so. I was th- Why wouldn't they? I always don't... I call, don't call those hoodies more so as... I call them jackets. I thought it was like, like the this, material. Like a jacket. I thought it would depend on the kind of material. If it's like, I feel like the hoodie has to have like the, like the pullover hand pockets. That's what constitutes a hoodie? I don't know, hmm. but I think so probably. I mean, I, I can definitely deal with that. I, I, I think it has to do with the material. I think if it's like the sweatpant type of material, that's a zipper hoodie, not a jacket. But that's just me. Mm. That's uh, these are the things. Let we us discuss. know your thoughts yeah. right here on Hoodie Talk. Yeah. Um, but let's get back to the Create Initiative podcast, Kyle. Um, we we. Uh, we, we just have a lot to discuss, and we love to start out the show with something new, and uh, Kyle, you have 
something new for us that I think is a very, very valuable resource. We've talked about this off air, um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about a, a piece of equipment that you found that's been great in your church? Yes. All right. So for all of you out there that have to listen to things as part of maybe part of your job or maybe you serve on the worship team at your church or the tech team and you have to have headphones that you actually have to have a good quality sound coming through those headphones. Well, I've got just the thing for you. These are the KZZST in-ear headphones and they're only dun 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 1899 1899 I have I'm a little bit of a headphone um connoisseur I I mean I've probably got an upwards of 20 pairs of headphones in this office right now and uh just always trying to find the best like oh I want it to sound better I want it to sound better I want it to sound better and these these are about as good as it gets. So you primarily use these headphones for uh, worship team or on stage? Yes, uh, we have in-ear monitors. Um, we either have wireless packs or the headphone amps. And I've probably bought 15 pairs of these monitors for, for people on my team, for people on our, our youth worship team. And um, it's I don't I really don't know how to convince you other than you just gotta you just gotta try it um i've been in a few different um worship leader groups on facebook and you know they're constantly asking like what are the best headphones Mm and i've posted on there a few times and other people have too oh you need to try these and you know you you get those replies oh at 18 dollars, there's no way this can compare to my uh my 300 blah 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 and i have this pair this pair of headphones right there that was 300 dollars and it compares easily. Like I, I don't, those are my backup headphones now. And, um, it's just, it's amazing. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, especially in a church environment where if you're going to provide those type of, you know, earbuds and, and good headphones and stuff like that, uh, you would rather not have to pay 300 bucks pop when they get broken and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. And here's, here's another thing I would, this is always my suggestion um, if people have like a limited budget when it comes to, if people are trying to switch over from stage wedges to in-ear monitors, oftentimes they're trying to go with like a, um, Avion mm-hmm. type system or like some type of system like that. Behringer has their P16s. Um, and I would always suggest like, if you can't do that and buy people, cause you can get the Avion system awesome, but someone plugs their Apple headphones yeah. into it and they're just not made to handle Apple headphones and stuff like that are made to handle a compressed mastered signal. And that's not what's coming through your monitors. Mm-hmm. And, and so it just ends up sounding like garbage. And so I would always, I always make the suggestion of going with the headphone amp and then spend that money on KZ makes, they make some, uh, some more expensive, like even like they have more drivers in their headphones. I've got the, I don't even remember which the next one up, the like 30 something dollar ones, but then they just released like a five driver <laughs> pair. And so like basically each year has that many drivers yeah. in it. And so, um, for like 70 bucks and I always, I would always suggest instead of buying the $300 Avion thing and letting people use their Apple yeah. headphones, it would, you'd be better off buying the $25 headphone amp, the $20 headphones 
and the sound is going to be better. I'm not saying you'd be better off, but the sound that they're going to experience is going to be better. Yeah. Well, Kyle, those sound really cool. And uh, so anyone who uh, that's their world or that's something they need to, to look into, I would highly recommend it. And uh, Kyle would as well. Well, I, I want to share something I stumbled across, uh, a, a website called plotdevices.co. And um, it, it's basically this this dude who uh, has a lot of experience as a filmmaker and uh, writing film treatments and, and creating storyboards and all that. Well, he's he's created these two mini notebooks that kind of look like moleskin style notebooks. And uh, one of them is the one that really caught my eye is a storyboard notebook. And basically, it's one of those small, you know, fit in your pocket, but it's just got pages uh, that have storyboard squares plus like cues kind of written below them. And uh, it's just it's just pretty cool. And it's a great way to organize your thoughts if you're doing a quick film shoot or something along those lines. There's a place for you to title your scene and and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, but the, the website itself is pretty cool. It's got a cool uh, blog where they they will like dissect uh, the plot of major motion pictures and they'll, they'll break it down and kind of talk about here was act one, act two, act three, and this is pivotal moments for this and that. Um, so if storytelling in the film sense is up your alley at all, uh, go to plotdevices.co and uh, check out the notebooks. They also have one uh, called it's a, it's a system this guy uses called like story clock, which helps you break down a story to get a full like feature length film, if that's what you're going for. So, um, check it out if that's anything you're interested in, which, uh, as, as we are approaching the film festival, uh, that's only, uh, a, a week away at this point. Uh, we, we, we hope you're full on in filmmaking mode and story mode, but, uh, check it out plotdevices.co, and you can find links to this and the headphones Kyle mentioned in the show notes. How big are those are those uh, notebooks? Uh, they are seven inches by five and a half. So they're they're uh, they're comparable to those like mid-sized moleskin notebooks, you. and they kind of feel the same. They're soft covered, uh, and and they have fifty two pages on the inside. So it's kind of cool. That's a bonus. Yeah, most of the. The notebooks like that on the market only have fifty pages. That's true. There's two extra pages. And that's um, why people's movies have been pretty not yeah, so good because that's, that's probably they why. need those two extra pages. Yep. That is probably probably why uh, Jurassic World was so terrible. But, was it? Well, I do. I don't know. Do we want to talk about this? I haven't seen it. You haven't so. seen it. I mean, um, wait. I've seen. I saw the first one. I didn't okay. See the second yeah, one. I think here's the thing. the The second one is no better, no worse. I think than the than the first one. Uh, the first one to me just became so ridiculous that by the time this one rolled around, I expected the ridiculousness. So I was maybe able to enjoy it a little bit better. What do you mean but by it was ridiculous? Still terrible. What? what? The, the, On the first one. Well, the entire ending, for one thing. The uh, the T Rex. The, the well, the T Rex and the other thing, and then the raptor, and then the raptor and T Rex like hat, hat tip each other, and then the big monster comes out of the water. It's just I don't know. It's just ridiculous. So this one continues that ridiculous track, but um, they're just not good movies. Can I can I say that? Man, I don't know. That's a hot take. That's Jason Evans, everyone. Um, well, <laughs> at Jason Evans. Um, yeah, hit me up. I, I would love to have a conversation. I personally love all movies that you guys love. Yeah, yeah. So, so I would love to have that conversation, and uh, maybe you convince me that that these movies are uh, are good. Um, it, it'll be a, a long, 
long battle though. Uh, so Kyle, before before I continue to get mentioned on Twitter, uh, we better take a break. Uh, we've got a great interview coming up, and uh, so we want you to check it out. So we'll be right back. Coming up next, we are going to debate the, the theology behind the song Reckless Love. Today, we are pleased to have Mike Griffin, the media producer at North Church. Mike has been at North Church for a little under five years as their main media producer and video producer and editor. And so uh, Mike stopped by to discuss what his uh, what his process is as a filmmaker, how he got into it. And we also uh, talk a little bit about the film festival that's coming up. So let's get right to it. Here is our interview with Mike Griffin. Well, uh, to get started, can you just tell us? Um, but I got behind a camera in middle school, so early, mid-2000s, you know. <laughs> but I was in a technology class, and they brought in this giant cannon had used like the little mini dv tape yeah and they brought it in i thought it was really cool and that was the first time i got behind a camera and fell in love it was great so i mean what was do you do you remember like what what it was about that that made you fall in love with it to me it was not just the camera but it was the editing process because after we we filmed our high school musical or middle school musical Mm -hmm. and it was aladdin and we brought it back into the computer system and they're dancing to whatever song it was. But I found out in video editing, you can substitute the music track for whatever. So I put on some rock song and they were dancing to this rock song. And middle school me thought that was the funniest thing in yeah. the world. And that's just how it started. That was it. On. Huh? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I don't know. It's funny always hearing people because there, I think it's like this in probably any, especially creative field, but there is just something that clicks, you know, that, that makes you feel like, wow, this is really what, what I enjoy doing. And it also helps me realize how old I am because you were in middle school using little tapes. I was already in college using mini (laughs) DV tapes. Um, but, (laughs) well, so how did that, how would you say that, that, that unfolded into doing it professionally. So from, from middle school, graduating high school, getting into college, how did, how did that transition take place? Yeah, it really just fell into, um, I give a lot of credit to my teachers because they saw my passion and, uh, how I was going at it and trying to be creative, do different things. And so when high school came around, we started a broad, they'd started a broadcasting class and I was there when they built the studio ordered the cameras, uh, was there to kind of help build a foundation for the future of my high school. And so from there, I really learned how to edit and tell a story, what Mm -hmm. all the different tools did, uh, what good audio sounds like, uh, what good video, headroom, all of that stuff. I really got a concept in the more broadcast area. So when I left high school, my only real outlet was actually the church because I was a part-time framer at Hobby Lobby. Okay. So I didn't really have a outlet, so to speak, unless it was at church. And there I saw cameras and said, Hey, I, I know how to do that. And they just let me hop on. And that kind of led to where I am now. Cause that fell into an internship and then internship turned into part-time job and then full-time job. So it all just kind of domino effect of me just Okay. And, and has, what, is that at North the whole time or was there North, somebody yeah, else? It was North okay. Church the whole time. Okay. So that's where you just kind of found a camera and they let you start 
yeah. mess around with it. I mean, that, that's pretty cool that they let you be a part, you know, just kind of coming in like that. Yeah, I think it helped that North wasn't as big of a church as it was mm-hmm. or as it is now. And so I just remember handing someone a scrap piece of paper with my email on it and said, hey, I want to run camera. And I think the next week they... That yeah, was it. That was it. Yeah, that was all it took. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, let's the focusing on the video side of thing, and I, and maybe even on the editing because it seemed like that's you know mm-hmm. maybe what really triggered this desire to do this. Um, as a creative outlet, what is it that makes you say this is my thing? Um, I would really say it starts with the imagination. Um, as a little kid, I love to pretend to be a power ranger or an x-man and i'd have these little adventures you know mm-hmm. in my backyard and i always remember seeing in my mind that it's always on a big screen it's always on a tv it's always some kind of movie yeah and i think that carried over into where i am now because now i know when i have a vision um i like the editing prospect because i know what i want to create but it falls back into the camera work of i know what i want to go shoot yeah and so i really kind I like being in control of what's being shot and then I know how I want to edit that later. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of combines into one, but to me it's always that, I don't know, it's just that story, the imagination. And then as I grew up, I found out uh, real people have real stories to tell and I know, Oh, I want to go back and recreate whatever they're telling me, whatever their story is. And I kind of know how I want to create that and put a little spin on it and make it, uh, engaging for mm. someone else to hear because sometimes just hearing a just hearing someone tell the story isn't quite enough you want to see what they're seeing and yeah that's kind of where I get a real joy uh, from that uh, pr- personal preference given the choice would you rather try to craft a, a narrative video maybe uh, maybe it's some kind of you know promotional piece that but that has a has a written narrative or would you rather do like a testimony or documentary style uh, I probably want to go more towards the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I just always lean towards that a little bit, I think. I have a little more creative freedom and yeah. a little spin on it. Yeah. Well, cool, cool. I, I was just... that. I, I, that's my personal preference, but it seems like I find myself doing more of the documentary mm-hmm. storytelling style, yeah. you know? I definitely get a lot of... I actually get a lot of narrative ideas from real people's stories because yeah. then you kind of get, oh, that's kind of a real thing that happened to somebody. Yeah. And so that's something that... I think falls back into that narrative. Yeah. Uh, so you've been at North Church full time. How long? I think three years. Three maybe, years. maybe four this year. Okay. It all kind of bleeds uh, together um, after a while. I'm sure. I'm sure things have kind of transitioned for you a little bit over time. But but today, three three or four years into it, what what are some of your daily duties, and what does that look like there at North? So my daily duties have really been refined to. I do a lot of promotional content for either an upcoming series or an upcoming event. And that can be either kind of a motion graphic video or I go out and film something Mm -hmm. that we wrote or, uh, and then my other job is to capture said event or highlight and maybe make a recap video or highlight video about it. So that's kind of the main video prospect of my job. And then working at a church, I deal a lot with volunteers and kind of the production area. Um, I've been more on kind of the North kid side as of late, but Mm -hmm. I've been on both the main auditorium and, training people how to use a light board and soundboard. So I have a multiple 
uh, responsibilities, but it's all mostly people oriented when it comes to that field. Yeah. And like a, like a good church, you're going to do more than one thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, so let's talk about your process. Um, let's, since you said you like, you prefer the narrative side, Mm -hmm. you need to promote a, an upcoming, you know, event or series or something like that. Um, so what's the process maybe, you know, sitting down with leadership and getting the initial idea, what is your process from beginning to end on a project? Yeah. So there's the ideal process and then there's the reality of (laughs) what happens. (laughs) So in the ideal process, uh, it always stems from an idea from a look that maybe our graphic designers come up with. Mm -hmm. It could be just a series title that our pastors come up with or just a vision statement that our pastors, Hey, I'm doing this topic. And then what I love is working with my team and we sit down and say, Hey, what, how do we want to promote it? And what's it going to look like? And the main challenge is what's, what's the main message. Mm -hmm. And so the recent, most recent example I can think of, we had a series called supernatural and when I first heard it, it was just supernatural. I had no, nothing else outside of that. Didn't know what pastor was going to talk about, but I just had an immediate idea of, oh, let's do something kind of cool. And I said, I had an idea of a guy walking in the woods and he's blind. He has on this blindfold and he hears a noise in the woods, goes to follow it, uh, loses track of it, gets kind of depressed. And he takes his blindfold off and you can tell he's blind. And then you kind of have this mysterious figure come in wipe some dirt on his eyes and then he can see mm-hmm. and his eyes get clear. And so I pitched that to my, uh, my boss, my creative director. And he said, Oh, I love it. How are you going to do it? Because as a church, we want to use, uh, we want to be faithful with the small things. So mm-hmm. I knew I needed to be do this quickly and with a budget in mind and get it out there. So I found a guy to be my, uh, my actor I found a couple volunteers to help me capture sound and uh, hold a second camera. Mm-hmm. And we went out in one evening and shot everything. But that was all with a storyboard in mind. I knew at least a few shots that I knew I needed. And then when we got out there, we kind of just played. We winged it a little bit. Yeah. Got a few extra shots. That yeah. Might be, might be cool at the time. Did you, so you said you story, did you physically storyboard it? Like uh, do, you, do you do that at all or do you have a process for that? I'm more of a shot list person. Okay. I don't have an artistic hand, yeah. but I can usually have a shot list and say, hey, it's going to be a medium shot with, and this is what's happening. And so that helps my directors kind of see my vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have other people that if they want to draw it out for a pastor, whoever, if they need to go higher up, they usually can. But yeah. I'm much more of a shot list person. So that really helps. And when going out there, it makes it go by yeah. really quick and you're on top of things. You don't feel as uh, stressed. Yeah. And it probably gives you more freedom to, to do those extra shots yeah, too. time. And you can kind of sit back and have your main shot set up and then realize, Oh, the sun's kind of setting over here. Let's kind of get a cool, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a, you know, a light ray or something like a solar flare in the lens yeah. or something like yeah. that. And so it's, it gives you that extra time to do that. So you said a couple of volunteers, a second shooter, and then audio, were you just getting that sound? Is that? Yeah, like getting him walking, mm-hmm. um, just nature sounds and stuff like that. So Okay, and so you get it in the can, and then what's next? So next we take it back into uh, the editing room of my computer, and I stitch up usually a rough cut mm-hmm. of nothing's perfected, no color correction or anything. It's basically just shot for shot maybe a little bit of music underneath it and show it and say, Hey, this is kind of where it's going. Mm -hmm. Uh, get a little bit of feedback on, 
Hey, can we maybe change the shot to something else? And you know, something like that. And then I'll usually have a pretty final piece, but there's always the, there's always about three or four final versions that, that end up happening yeah. throughout the creative process. Yeah. Uh, so you, you usually lay your shots down before you, where does music fall in? Like the final music, is it like last or do you, how do you find that? Uh, that can, it's either the first thing I find or the mm-hmm. last thing I find. Cause sometimes the music for me will kind of tell the story. It's yeah. my flow, my pace. Yeah. And then other times I set my footage to a pace and I try and find a song that's going to match it. When mm-hmm. I always have to kind of tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it kind of just depends on what I'm listening to throughout the week. I'm always listening to music and I'm usually on music bed or audio jungle. Yeah. Uh, free time, just listening to random tracks and saying, oh, what does this make me feel? And uh, so that kind of helps the creative process. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just when I started out, I always, I always prefer to start with the music bed. Like mm-hmm. be like you said, because it always seems to pace my story. Mm-hmm. Like I know where there's a crescendo in the song, that's where I want the story to pivot, you know, yep. and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And in the church context, it also helps me keep it within time. Because yeah. it's like, I know if, it, <laughs> well, you know, if I know this is a 30 second promo, I find a 30 second cut. Or if I know it needs to be three and a half minutes or less, um, I've, I've started, cause I used to just find like, oh, I like this song, but it's six and a half minutes. Well, I'll just figure out a way to cut it. Yeah. And then I was like, why am I wasting so much time cutting audio if I can just find a three and a half minute song? Yeah. (laughs) And that was my problem with that, with this particular project is the final product came out at 90 seconds and we Mm -hmm. needed 60. Yeah. And so I had to go back and make a short version. And we kept the long for, I think, promotional reasons, but Mm -hmm. uh, it was definitely found the song second and made it really work and I loved it. And then they said, oh, we need it shorter. I said, well, that's not it. (laughs) That's not the final. (laughs) But it still worked and looked good. And yeah. I felt I was really proud of that project because just because of all the volunteers and yeah. planning, it's one of the few projects where I was able to plan all the way through and yeah. see it come to fruition. Yeah, I know that that does. For me, that definitely feels good. So I know it has to feel good when you can see a project from beginning to end because mm-hmm. sometimes it seems like in our world, uh, well, I don't even think it's in our world. I think any filmmaker would say this like things get thrown at you with not enough time oh, to yeah. fully fully expand an idea or to, so it's always great when you feel like yeah it, it happened you know yeah and with the shorter time frame uh, I had an example of we had a testimony uh, we filmed and we didn't really know what we wanted to do uh, with b-roll and so I finally got an idea of let's get an actor or an actress in this case and that morning we went out and shot these random scenes from the vision and kind of played creatively with it and then brought it back, edited that day, and showed it that night. But sometimes those short time frames can really push creativity yeah. to its limits. And that's, I love it. And I, it's a love hate relationship <laughs> <laughs> because I remember showing my boss and he said, Man, this is one of your best. And I said, Thanks, but I don't really like it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know how to give just one more week, I could probably perfect this to yeah. something uh, better. But I don't think I would have had anything near that without that short yeah. uh, time frame. Now we'll get back to our interview with Mike here in just a second, but we want to take a moment to remind you that we are one week away from our Create Initiative Film Festival. Now the submission deadline has passed, so you can no longer enter work into the film festival, but hey, you can still be there and attend for free. 
Uh, we have a limited number of seats available, so go to createinitiative.org slash filmfestival. Register you and your team. It is a wonderful evening. We'll have a concessions tab where you can get your popcorn and soda, uh, whatever you need. And then uh, you'll just get to hear a lot of collaborative critiques about the works that we watch during the evening. It is our most fun event of the year. So next Tuesday night, July 24th at Circle Cinema Tulsa begins at 7 p.m. We cannot wait to see you there. But hey, don't take our word for it. This is what Mike Griffin, our two-time defending video champion, had to say about his experience at the film festival. My favorite thing about it is just seeing all the different levels of creativity and the, um, I don't know what the words, I guess experience would be the word uh, because it's at this film festival, you get to see these different levels of experience, but you always see talent in it. And so, yes, you know, you see a video and, you know, it's not life church status where, you know, you have these red cameras going out and getting these perfect shots and everything, but seeing it, you know, like, man, there's talent there. There's a good story there. It made me laugh. And just getting to see that on uh, last year, we were at a, a theater and just seeing it kind of in a theater, that was probably my favorite thing. And then my second favorite thing was I got to hear criticisms from everyone in the room. And then none of it was hateful or bashful because everyone had that same passion and they all wanted it to be better. And so they could say, one of the ones I took away a lot was uh, my audio. Um, they say, oh, what if you had a sound effects of this person telling a story and you kind of just put some sound effects in the background? I never really thought of that until I was at this film festival and said, man, that's a great idea. And so the camaraderie around just everyone's passion of film and storytelling is, that's probably the highlight of the whole event. How do you keep yourself from getting burned out creatively? Because you're kind of in the grind of you go week to week to week and event to event to event. So how do you keep mm -hmm. yourself paced creatively? Um, I've definitely had to practice at it. Um, I've definitely experienced the burnout and there's a little bit of embracing the burnout and know it's coming. And so I really try to, like you said, pace it out. And I've learned that physical activity or anything where I can kind of shut my brain down for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I read this book called Accidentally Creative. And he Is that uh, Todd Henry? I believe so. Okay. I'm not good with authors. <laughs> but he said uh, for creatives, it's like pushing a rock up a hill. And then when you get tired, you lean the rock against your back and you rest. Mm. But there's still a little bit of energy pushing that rock to keep it from falling. And so I've learned to do something that just turns my mind off. I'll watch a movie without critiquing it. I'll watch a bad movie. Yeah. You know, something I don't have to think about. <laughs> I'll play a video game or um, maybe read something that's pretty easy, like a fiction novel. Yeah. And that's been my way of just shutting, finding a way to shut my brain down and practicing that weekly just because we for my job I have a bunch of events like you said and it's every week in and out and so being able to always have some kind of physical activity something just to tune out for just you know an hour a day or something really kind of keeps me going but I always recommend find find a vacation take like a week yeah and just escape for a little bit at yeah. some point it's always nice yeah and even there's somebody out there listening right now that's going well i'd love to take a vacation but there's no way i can mm -hmm. you know well yeah you can yeah like you need to do it you got to find a way to build in that you know, like you said a week or three days or something yeah even if it's just taking a week off and staying at home yeah just cleaning your house or apartment wherever they're at uh just finding time just to break away just find a new 
rhythm of something, find yeah. a project to do. Yeah. That's outside of that. Yeah. Something outside of that world. Yeah. I say physical cause that's what's always worked for me. Yeah. Um, you know, as a creative, I like puzzles and I like stuff like that, but that's still keeping my mind going. And even that can just get, you know, tiring after a yeah. while. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you something that it, honestly it just triggered in my brain. So it's not something that I prepped you with. <laughs> um, oh boy. But no, I was, you're, you're still, uh, how long have you been married? Uh, not even a year. Not even a year. I knew you were still pretty much a newlywed. Um, how has, so, so you've been on staff there at North church and, and you're, you're in the grind and now for the last year, um, you're married. Mm-hmm. How has, how have things had to change from a work perspective, uh, to make sure and honor your marriage or, or have you seen any difficulties in that, in that world? Uh, I wouldn't say in the current marriage status I did, but when I first started dating okay. and knowing I was going to eventually get married, I really had to work on separating work from personal time. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, keeping my work email on my work computer. That was, you know, and maybe answering a text or saying, Hey, you know, I'm out this weekend. I'll get to this on Sunday or mm-hmm. Monday morning. Uh, so I really had to practice kind of compartmentalizing my time yeah. between work and personal time and making sure that she felt value, you know, wasn't always on my phone or taking phone calls, things like that. So that was definitely a transition for me because I used to, I used to go really hard at work yeah. and that was all I did. I wouldn't take vacations. I'd would work all through the weekends. And then when I find a girl I like, it was it's like, Oh man, I kind of like this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it's great though, that you fit, you, you were able to do that before you even got married. You kind of established a, a model, um, before then. So I, I, like I said, that was kind of random. It, it popped in my head, but yeah, it was definitely something we had to, we had to practice with. And she yeah. definitely had to remind me a few times of, Hey, like you're not working right now. And yeah, you know, and that's, it's still, it was still training and there's still times we know now there's seasons. Like right now we're in a season of, I'm going to be busy at work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a few extra evenings to get some stuff done, but we know it's for a season and yeah, you know, when it's over, then we move on to the next thing. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I think that's a healthy way to look at it. Um, you know, we've got several listeners that are right now they're probably working at 3 a.m. because they can, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but one day you got to figure that out. Oh, you gotta yeah. You got to figure out how to do it. <laughs> you'll, f- you'll find a way. Do you have any words of encouragement that you might have for a fellow creative? Yeah, um, I would say, I mentioned it earlier, I think, but embrace criticism as far as uh, whenever you do work on whatever it is you're working on. I know some people come in and they'll immediately pick out what's wrong with it or what they think is wrong with it. And I know for me, that can that can be tough, especially when you've poured in hours and hours and hours and then just to have it get ripped apart. But uh, embrace that. Know that it's going to be a better product at the end of it. And then my other thought is don't be discouraged by what you don't have, whether that be finances, equipment, um, anything like that. If you have an idea of what you want to go do, go out and do it and just see what you can do with what you have. And people will see that and they'll see what it is. And then they can also, you see what it could be, but what you do with what you have can be just as great. And I just really recommend just going out there. Don't let anything stop you. If you've got that passion, 
Just jump in, go do it. Well, Kyle, it's about time to wrap up this episode, but before we do, you have a special three-minute review for us. That's right. The new season of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. It's a good show. Uh, I'm a big fan. I watched the whole thing last night. So you binged it? Watched them all? Yep. Well, so how was the new season? Great. <laughs> that's, that's your review, everyone. Hope you have an awesome great. week. Have a, have a great week. No, I thought uh, I just really enjoy it. Yeah. I, I love the premise of that show. I, I think it's a good setup because the the car, I think, presents opportunity for people to like let their guard down, you know? Because you just got those little GoPros and stuff. So you kind of forget, I think, if you're in that, that yeah. vehicle, you forget that you're being filmed. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, Jerry Seinfeld is much more down to earth than I would have guessed. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's just the same. Yeah. I feel like yeah. whenever he's with all of them, then he is like in Seinfeld, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a little, a little bit of a jerk, but not, but uh, also not out of dishonesty. I noticed one of the <laughs> he's things, just, he just is who he is. Yeah, I One think. of the things he, with every single person, he asked them like, how are you either? How are your kids or are you, yeah. do you want kids? Cause then he just talked about how, like how it was his greatest joy of being him and Dana Carvey talking about like, he asked Dana Carvey what was like the his best thing in his life or something, and it was whenever another human calls me dad, hmm. and um, he's like, you know, I could have all these fans, but only three people are able to call me dad, and and Jerry Seinfeld's, oh, now you're gonna make me cry, you know, and <laughs> um, I don't know, I just think that that really humanized him, yeah. like yeah. as like, oh, he's not just he just really cares about his family. Uh, that it, it's a good show, and I and I haven't watched the whole season yet. I've watched uh, first two or three, but. Uh, going back to his, like his honesty, the, I think it's the one with Ellen. She mentions, you know, how come you don't have a, like, see, you could do a talk show. Like you could be a host of a talk show. And he's like, no, because I only want to talk to the people I like. Yeah. He says, I don't, I don't, I, I can't be interested in people. I don't, I'm not yeah. interested in. And he's like, yeah. that's why I only do. Or she's like, you could just do like six shows a year. And he's like, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing now. But that's why I think this show works, which is, which is great. So, uh, definitely gonna have to check it out. Gonna have to finish the the season out, but, uh, I'm a big fan of that show. Yeah. There, I mean, they were all, like I said, I skipped one episode cause I didn't know who the guy was, but other than that, they were all the greatest. Brian Regan, the one with Brian Regan is amazing. Okay. I'll have to and circle so that. He's just really, he's super hilarious. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, check it out if that's anything that floats your boat. Uh, it is on Netflix and he's, this is his sixth season. Fifth. Fifth season. Fifth. What do they call? They don't even call them seasons. They call them collections. Collections. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, the collection. It's a third but, wave season. But if you if you like comedians, um, if you and like cars, comedians and cars and if, coffee or coffee, then this show is for you. Some of his, uh, I mean, he's had Dave Letterman on there, Jay Leno. Uh, who else has he had? Julie Louis Dreyfus was a great one. It was kind of he's a, had everyone. Back in time. Chris Rock. Yeah, uh, he's had Kevin Hart. I mean, just really a, a great Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey, the Gaffigan. Like so, just a lot of great comedians, good actors, and uh, all Steve that kind of Martin. Stuff. Steve Martin, which was an awesome one. Um, it was a good episode. So, if that's anything that that makes you happy, Jimmy Fallon. I was about to say float your boat, and on the Jimmy Fallon one, they actually go out on a boat. Yes. So, 
Ooh, he has um, John Mulaney on this episode or this season too. Yeah, is that one good? Um, yeah, it was good. You know, because Mulaney had his show that was basically Seinfeld 2.0. Yeah, yeah. And it tanked, but they talk a little bit about that. Cool, and, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of them. And if that's anything that interests you, check it out on Netflix. Well, Kyle, we need to hit the road uh, real quick. As of the time of this recording, we are one week away from our Creating Film Festival. The submission deadline has passed. And uh, Kyle, I have to say I'm a little disappointed. I did not see a submission for uh, Walking on the Shape of Water, your skateboarding uh, indie stock footage. Yeah, you know, the budget just fell through. Um, we couldn't get, uh, enough actors. We couldn't get any actors. Oh, that's disappointing. Um, the directors I wanted, the cameras, couldn't get really anything Did you, did you the get budget. the script? You got the script done though, right? Uh, I had almost started working on the script. Okay. Um, but you thought, you know what? I figured, I figured I'd get everything else lined out first before. And so, which I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did. I too. think that's maybe, how they do it. Maybe. I think they find all the people, um, and then they figure out what they want to do the movie. But I know for sure that's what the they do with The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, we want to have a movie with The Rock in it. <laughs> all right, sounds good. My wife and I went to a movie a couple of weeks ago, and the trailer for Skyscraper came yeah. on. And she's not one to make a lot of like comments about, especially movie trailers. But as soon as that trailer ended, she looked at me. And she said, "That's a, that seems like a lot." <laughs> just I, heard, I bet it's awesome though. Uh, it's Die Hard, I think. Well, he like, he even alludes to. He's like, "This is just like a uh, updated." Yeah, he's like, "Is a almost like a tribute to Die Hard." Like he's like, "This, it's just like a an homage to those types those types of movies." And well, so, I mean, The Rock can definitely do what he wants. He he's going to make millions of dollars, and the movie's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars probably. However, there's a big difference between a tribute and a ripoff. I'm just. Gonna I don't say think that. it's a ripoff. Well, well, well. I, gonna I was going to say we'll see, but I don't think that'll be one that I'll see. Oh, I'll so. see it. I'll watch any movie with The Rock in it. <laughs> well, so he's one of those guys for you. I, I will uh, be voting for him for president in 2020, in 2020 <laughs> no matter what his platform is. <laughs> that's a that's a bold statement, right there. Sometimes you just, I mean. Sometimes you know, right? Sometimes you just got your guy. I got his back. I got the rocks back. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, I mean, he's no Undertaker. Since since you have, as he Kyle lifts up a small Undertaker figurine um, from his desk, but uh, maybe if you guys, since you guys are such good buddies, uh, you, the Rock will come to our 20, 2019 film festival. Maybe. Yeah, I'll so see if I can get an interview with him on the show. He was one of the. He made the short list for the actors on um, for. Uh, the shape of waterboarding what did i say it was originally it was walking on the shape of oh walking on the shape of water that's much better yeah that'd be a good movie yeah it it would be you should make it with the rock um so he could be the water but hey it would be a super meta role (laughs) before before we focus on the 2019 film festival there is still time for you to register to attend the 2018 film festival which takes place Next week, July 24th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is totally free to attend. We just want you to register. We are in a theater, so we have a limited number of seats. And uh, so register. There'll be a concessions tab. You can get your popcorn and your drink and uh, all that. And uh, so even if you didn't submit anything, Kyle, you can still attend. 
and be a part of the film festival. It's a great night, and uh, we 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 hope to even have some stickers to, to yes. give to you as soon as Kyle sends me the editable file. Yes. I am shaming him publicly listen you text me about it and then as you can see my computer is not in here anymore he has no computer in his office and so i was like okay i just gotta go all the way into the auditorium and get that file off my computer and i didn't even i didn't get the chance to make it in there oh it's so terrible well uh if we have if we have stickers we're gonna have the stickers we're gonna do it right now we'll be able to to send them to you i'm gonna make you stay uh, so and, and put it on your jump drive. Join us on July 24th, next Tuesday, for our Creative Film Festival. We will see you at the theater. Theatre. Theatre. Well, Kyle, we need to get out of here because this thing is going off the rails in all kinds of ways. I could go all day. I know. I know you could. Um, so, uh, Kyle, do you have any parting thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. All right. That's good enough for me. Well, for Kyle Lee, I'm Jason Evans. Have a great week, and we will see you next week at the Creative Film Festival. <laughs>